the best short films for lifelong learning, recommended by teachers for teachers. This is Short Films Teachers Love, with your host, Richard Lee. Hi, Peter. Thanks so much for joining us on Short Films Teachers Love, our podcast about the short films that actually make it into the education system somehow with a real live audience. Peter, tell us a bit about yourself, where you teach and what you teach. Okay, I'm a math science teacher, so I teach, uh, well, generally sort of junior maths, uh, so from 7 to 10, and I also teach science, again, sort of juniors 7 to 10, I uh, also teach VCE chemistry and, uh, and, uh, and biology um, occasionally, and um, <clears throat> I teach at... Uh, an all-girls school, uh, Sacred Heart Girls College in Oakley. So I, I deal with the, the range of kids uh, from 7 to 12 and mm. in a range of uh, contexts, maths and science. Mm. Yep. Mm. Um, but I noticed one of the films you picked was for more sort of student well-being, and, that, and we'll come to that, but I guess that relates more to your – I guess every teacher has a um, like a homeroom or something like that where you're dealing with students on a, a more daily personal basis. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've, I've been a year nine homeroom teacher uh, for a number of years. And so I would see those kids at the start of the day uh, and the end of the day and then, you know, in school camp or um, um, excursions, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm sort of their first point of point of call. And we, we have um, a well-being period once once a fortnight. Uh, so one of the periods is scheduled as a well-being period. So we would talk about issues or study tips or, you know, various things that are uh, pertinent to, say, the year nine year nine kids, and uh, and so that would be my sort of uh, pastoral role, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me, but just about your students, what are they easy? Are they compliant, or do they sort of haggle and question everything you do? Or yeah, what what are they like to teach? At Sacred Heart, it's um, the, sc- the students are very motivated. They they um, you know they're, they're keen to learn. They're they're not disruptive in any way. You know the the, the biggest discipline role would be to say you know quiet girls please you know <laughs> and, uh, and that yeah. might be the extent of it. So yeah. they're good. So they're great. But, yeah, but probably not to the. I've heard the complaints of some teachers who say, well, you know, actually our students are so good because they just want to just want to please you all the time. You know, it's not quite to that level though, is it? You've you've you have a bit of spunk. I suppose in the class, would you say? Oh, oh, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And some, I mean, some depends. Class to class, year to year, you know, you have to work a bit harder to get a response sometimes. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, there is a, there is there's certainly a bit of back and forth, and there's there's some good uh, discussion that goes on as well. I want to quickly get on with the films that you've selected for us today, and and you've chosen some rippers, I've got to say. Now, the first film is by Vi Hart, who, who's uh, someone I've heard of before. And she's made this short film, and I would call it a short film, called What Was Up With Pythagoras? See, Pythagoras and his cult of Pythagoreans had this cool kids club where they'd talk about proportions all day. They'd be like, hey, I drew a two-by-three rectangle using a straight-edging compass. Isn't that awesome? And then someone would be like, hey, guys, I have a box that's two-by-three-and-a-half. And the cool kids would be like... Three and a half. That's not a number. Get out of our club. And I love it because it's it's almost manic. There is so much in there, and she's almost mad. It's great. One of the comments on YouTube was that, and we should set the speed to half and just listen and laugh. And I thought well, that wasn't a bad tip. But um, you know, I guess what I wanted to start off by knowing was, um, you know, and it's really what drives me to do this podcast is what has the response to this been? Yeah. Well. Um 
Uh, I have to say, yeah, Manic, she comes over, she has a very distinctive style. I mean, she has a whole YouTube channel with, with heaps of videos. This is just one of them. Um, I like this one because it's a nice introduction. I use this in Year 9 Maths, and it's a good way to start the topic of Pythagoras, which we do uh, quite close to the start of the year. And so... Um, it's just it's one. It does a couple of things. It sort of gets their attention uh, with this with this style that she has, uh, but also covers a bit of um, history, maths history, which we don't often get a lot of time for. So you know, this is the story of Pythagoras, you know, and his perfect world of perfect ratios, and then you know it all goes wrong, and and we dis- and he discovers you know or is 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 forced to encounter um, irrational numbers and uh, and what we would call surds these days, and and so I think it does a, you know it's really a nice topic starter with year nines. And I think it, it sort of engages them just for its craziness, but it also covers a lot of good maths in there and really just, you know, opens up a lot of uh, issues for discussion, which I think is probably how I would like, how I like to use um, uh, these short films, you know, just a, most often at the start of a, a lesson and just say, look, you know, have a look at this. Now let's have a talk, you know, and, uh, and Vihart's great. I mean, she's a mathematician. She's a... Uh, she's an artist. She's a musician. So, like her her videos are, if they're not peppered with that kind of stuff, you know, she's got videos on every kind of uh, every kind of topic that that relates to that. So, I think you know the kids, if they haven't seen her before, they certainly remember her. And uh, you know, and I think it just does open up the conversation. Of, well, you know, this is history, and and it's actually you know how we get to where we are. You know, and it's and it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I'd forgotten about the the history side of it. I'm just thinking, you know, I. I did maths to second year uni. I know all the stuff that she talks about. I vaguely remember it now as a middle-aged bloke. But I, you know, I just wonder how does it go down with those who've never seen it before? Like, you know, for some, I could imagine that would absolutely turn them right off. Or, or is it, is the rationale behind it? Do you think that, um, you know, it's actually just thrown out there and whatever catches on and whatever lands is fine? I, I, and I say that sort of thinking. Often, as teachers, we think we need to. We need to slow stuff down and make it very manageable. But Vihart's gone to the other extreme and just gone so crazy that I just wonder how is it useful? And and do you think it's meant to be dissected and stopped and listened to properly or is it just meant to be absorbed as a wash? You don't always as a teacher pitch to the middle. You know, you actually throw out things that, you know, will go over the head of some, uh, you know, majority of the kids. But there'll be the kids there who, who get, who latch onto that. And it might be a, a small proportion. And it gives them something to, you know, to get their teeth into and maybe think a bit more deeply about. Mm. Um, but then, of course, yes, that's the opening line. You know, you put that to the class, you know, oh, you know, what was all that about? Or, or they might, you know, or the ones who got a bit of it might then explain it, you know, what they got to the rest. And so it's not bad to pitch. Um, a bit high. That's that's a good thing because it you know at least uh, it gives kids something to uh, to aspire to. But you know you don't want to turn them off. Obviously, you know, I wouldn't have every lesson with a Vihar video. <laughs> But I, but I think they certainly have high impact, and that's what yeah. I like about them. Yeah, yeah, and and it's refreshing because you know so much of maths is that exercise based repetition, the slow, you know, and then once you get through all that bog boring stuff, then we've got a test, you know, and it kind of takes you into this other zone with kind of the excitement of maths, and I think that's yeah. part of the key of maths teaching, isn't it? That you're actually yeah. trying to go. This is wild stuff, you know. It's actually yeah. really, it's kind of really trippy when you think about it, and and I think that's what I love about my heart. Also, that she's that she's female, which sounds kind of kind of kooky, but you know, for all the girls that we teach, um, you know, she provides some aspirational enthusiasm who think that because I'm a girl, I can't do math. You know, it's and I think I learnt that through high school with my best math teacher being a female. So I'm, you know, kind of already there. But I think to me, that's that's sort of an extra thing about her. Would you would you agree? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I do. And actually, what I, what I neglected to say is I'm also at school as well as teaching maths I'm also and science. I'm also the, the numeracy coordinator. So my one of my jobs is to try to engage kids who are uh, you know, unenthusiastic or whatever. And so that is very much in the front of my mind. You know, how can you um, have good role models? And so this is an all-girls school. And so, as you say, you know, by heart, you know, great example of, of a role model for, for girls and, uh, and just being enthusiastic and just, you know, having that, being open to, you know, being awed and, and uh, you know, and, and the wonderment of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's like if you had to learn music, but you weren't allowed to, you know, you had to learn all the notes uh, and you were practicing, you were tested on the notes and the scales and, and uh, you know, transposition before you were even allowed to even try to play music, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and they say, well, let's, you know, why can't maths be more like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, let's move on to the next film from math or maths to science. Um, and, and the second one, the science one you've chosen here, Melody Sheep, the greatest show on earth. Only the fittest survive. And that was the key. Natural selection. That was the key. We are surrounded by endless forms. Most beautiful, most wonderful. Evolution, the greatest show on earth. There is grandeur in this field of life. Most beautiful, most wonderful. Evolution, the greatest show on earth. So why did you choose this? Well, isn't that a great title? Like, how can you not? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, actually, good question. I don't know how I found this. I think hmm, it was probably, you know, a, a reference uh, sort of sideways and indirect, as these things often are. Mm. Um, and I found this channel. I thought, oh, my goodness, this guy is amazing. Melody Sheep, uh, whoever this person might be, yeah. is uh, is kind of an artist in the way that he takes – uh, material that's already on the on video video material, and then sort of synthesises it together with a bit of a, a beat, and and kind of makes a, a pop song out of it. It's and, a mashup, uh, isn't it? Mm. It's a mashup. He uses mm. auto tune, you know, and he mm. creates um, vocals when there weren't vocals, you know, and it's it's uh, so it's an amazing idea, and so. So this one is the greatest show on earth, and this was actually I think it's a quote from Charles Darwin, and I use this with uh, when I teach uh, evolution to the Year Ten biology class, and again it's a bit of a, um, a bit of a topic starter, and so I put it on, and um, there's uh, Richard Dawkins, he's, 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 uh, he has a lecture, and he's actually quoting uh, from Charles Darwin uh, some of his works there, and and of course it's got David Attenborough who is just uh, you know. A star already, you know, such a great uh, model for um, biology and education and all of that, and and he's everywhere and doing everything. And and in in this uh, video, here he is elevated to the status of a pop star. Pop star, star. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> and I love that walk <laughs> down through the hedge and you know, kind of go uh, 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 backwards and forwards, and yeah, and and that repetition. You know, I love the thing. I was I was sort of going to break this up into sort of style and form and then content. And, and as far as the style and the form, I, I I just love what they do. And turning again, you know, you're talking about that link between concepts and music. You know, this one, it's it's scientific concepts in music, and and but the to me that idea of repetition is what makes it stick in our minds you know with like pop music which you know we get gets drilled into our kids got drilled into our minds when we're younger because you listen to it so many times you know over and over again but you know here within the same piece we're getting we're getting that repetition and I know you know I'm going to remember David Attenborough's only the fittest survive and that was the key you know (laughs) and and so much more now because I've heard this more probably than in any other form if I sat and listened to that lecture you know I wouldn't pick up those and they've picked up all those bits and pieces um and and to me you know it's so impressive to me um 
to be able to turn other programs into a music video like this, you know, I think it's great. And as a film artist and sort of ex-distributor who's been grappling with this sort of brave new world of copyright and copyleft and everything in between, as far as, you know, who owns this content, um, I think it makes a wonderful case for the value add that you can do with with mashups. And, and I don't know, for example, what the, the, the legal issues are but um i could not imagine the bbc turning around and saying take that down you know we own that because it's just so clever in what it does and what it adds to to the sort of the overall piece and and the message so i think it's great yeah and what i what i think what i also like is it's not just uh you know taking a taking a video and making having fun with it Mm -hmm. it's actually very sympathetic Mm -hmm. to the original uh material Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and it's done with a lot of sensitivity and i think Mm -hmm. that's um you know full credit to mel sheep for doing that because mm. it's 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 actually become more than the original mm. you know it's actually mm. and the kids gosh when they when they see it you know they 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 kind of take a step back and and uh, and reel a little bit with well you know what's going on because it is mm. it's familiar material uh, a lot of it and um, mm. but I think they just it really it really catches them and I you know one of I remember once you going oh this is one of the best videos I've ever seen you know yeah. <laughs> and you uh, ten uh, enthusiasm yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. because uh, you know because it's it, I guess it you know it's it's on their, you know, that pop music level is is, is where they're at, mm-hmm. and and but but it's it's gone beyond that, and um, mm-hmm. it's a great way to start the topic, you know, mm-hmm. if they if they if they we build from there, and you know, teaching that topic anyway is full of discussion, so. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a fantastic way to, to begin that discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so on, on in terms of the content, you know, I just in fact I like the way they've got all the lyrics underneath too in, in the video. Um, so I've just I've got this down. Atmara says, "Animals strive to reach this one ultimate goal to ensure the survival of the next generation. This one ultimate goal to pass on their genes. That's a pretty massive truth claim. That, that is what life is all about. And I think this is where science teaching gets really interesting and even really tricky sometimes in dealing with the different layers of meaning um, embedded in a subject. So, you know, surely you've faced that in the class where it's probably, you know, completely uncontroversial in teaching about evolution at a Catholic school in Melbourne. But I know some of our listeners in the US particularly will probably write this film off because it's about evolution. Now, they shouldn't, mind you, but that's a whole other topic. So I just wondered if we can come a bit back to your context and whether statements like that is what life is all about has come up as an issue for you, uh, you know, as a topic of discussion and, you know, are all your students engaged in questioning things like that? And if so, you know, what have they said and how do you give space to those kind of answers? Mm, yeah, no, I mean, this is a rich <laughs> a rich topic to teach. Uh, mm. I'm a science teacher, so we really are teaching it from a science perspective. But, of mm. course, you know, uh, religious and other discussions come up mm. along the way, mm-hmm. um, and um, and I, and I just say, look, this is this is the state of our knowledge of science. So this mm. is this is uh, how we see inheritance working. Mm. This is how we see um, a species evolving and developing. Um, now this. Uh, and many people say this, you know, this isn't necessarily at odds with their belief of a creator or, or what have you. It's, mm. it's it's part and parcel of all of that. Mm. And so often right and, and roundabout. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, very much like that. And so I, so I guess I'm trying to tease out, how, you know, 
how much does that become part of the discussion in your classroom? And, and, and also, you know, do you ever feel it's your job as a science teacher to help bring different areas of the curriculum together? So, you know, for example, your students might land in a science lesson having just come across from mass or a prayer time at assembly or something, you know, how do you help them bridge those different areas of learning? Or do you just leave it saying, that's, that's not my area? Well, I, uh, I guess, I mean, it is hard to be dogmatic about, you know, particularly uh, religion and science. I mean, I think in my mind they, they are, uh, if not distinct areas, uh, they are certainly uh, certainly something that you would discuss, you know, you know, you could think Definitely. you could think of science as yeah. You could think of science as being part of religion. You know, and I think a lot of at, at, at my Catholic school, uh, a lot of a lot of um, students um, see it that way. Um, but you know, I think uh, certainly in a science class, and we do have content to get through. You know, I tend to stay focused on 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 the science that we know and that we um, have evidence for, and that we can uh, and we can discuss uh, as any other science. And so, um, of course, there are unknowns. You know, what what was the Big Bang? You know. Mm. What was before the Big Bang? Why was the Big Bang? You know that mm. kind of that, that gets that gets pretty um, out there when you start talking uh, about that as well. And so there are still many unknowns in mm. science, and um, and so I think this is a, a good example of of um, you know talking about the limitations. Okay, mm. that we mm. that we we're still always um, finding out things and and understanding things at a, at a deeper level, mm. and. Um, you know there are some there are some reasonably um, solid knowns, but they're in science. And I say this all the time. You know, a lot of a lot of it is just um, open to um, um, testing. You know, that we're always testing the hypothesis, and you always go with the. You know, you go, you pick your best hypothesis, mm-hmm, but you're mm-hmm. you're then trying to uh, to test whether that stands up, and if it, it mm-hmm. may stand up, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, and then there might be that one percent that thinks, oh, hang on, we've got to refine our ideas, you know, mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. and science is very you know open to that. That's that's mm-hmm. the process you that's, know, to that's be. What, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I, it's such a juicy topic, and you know, I actually spend a lot of time thinking about this one. And I feel we could, you know, spend all the time on this. But I want to move on. But just, just one other idea before that I had in thinking about this. You know, I, um, learned, you know, I studied the documentary form, and and I saw some similarities here. You know, we always go into a documentary assuming that it's true, but in fact, it's a representation of truth. And so it's only a kind of truth. And in fact, as a storytelling species, you know, humans have to construct a reality to make a coherent and engaging film, you know, and and as my grandma said, you know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Um, And that's at the extreme end, but, you know... um, and, and I've often thought that in science learning as a discipline, there, there's some similarities with that. You know, we come in and, and students come into class going, all right, now we're going to do the stuff that's the true nature of things. But in actual fact, we're dealing with, as you say, the best possible peer-reviewed or de- democratically arrived at sense of truth, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just thinking how, you know, with, with a film like this, we, we're actually conflating these two things together. So we're kind of dealing with a compounded complication of of one, the subject matter, exploring it as if it's a rock-solid truth claim that can be relied upon, but secondly, complicating that with how it's then, you know, the, the filmmaker's own vision of interpreting those big ideas. So I guess I just wanted to finish with this question. So how much do you think science teachers need to sort of take on the vision of the filmmaker in landing at the film's biggest claim, and in this case, is you know, this is what life is all about? Um, or I'll put it another way, you know, I could imagine that you wouldn't, for example... 
going into science class, look for a well-produced short film that talks about, you know, the beauty and diversity of God's creation as a teacher in the faith-based school, for example. In other words, you know, I think as teachers we seek out those filmic visions which support the, the ideology of, that we ourselves have. So it was more a question for discussion, you know, in looking for things, we're often looking for things, there's that sort of blur to subjectivity where we go, well, I like that one because that supports my vision of how all this comes together. I mean, it's open question. We, we, we could talk at length, but just have you got any other thoughts about that? Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, all, all valid, yes, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, look, of course it is, and of course you know the other thing is you know uh, in science often you know uh, some of the some of the ideas some of the thoughts are kind of bigger than even anyone can comprehend. Like their mm. brains are only you know mm. only take so much uh, you know they they, they we hear uh, kind of by by survival you know instincts mm. and a lot of what we are, mm. what, um, are good at is, is based on you know, being able to survive mm. and and that limits what we can do with our brains and so you know the big ideas actually are almost too big sometimes mm. and so. Uh, you know, so in science, you use a lot of models, you know, and analogies. You know, it's a bit like this, mm-hmm. and, you know, analogies only go so far. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a, uh, a collage or, or, if you like, different ideas kind of mm-hmm. kind of put together to try to get some sense out of a, mm-hmm. a, a topic. But, you know, any, any one of those ideas is not the whole story, and it's certainly you know, only a fraction of the story. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has their own kind of way they paste those those bits together. Mm-hmm. And um, that good makes yeah, that makes it, um, you know, everyone's then kind of has their own interpretation. I guess, you know, some of the problems we have with more sort of um, um, straightforward topics, I suppose, you know, are, um, you know, things like in physics, you know, the you know, um, the misconceptions that come from, you know, the earth going around the sun or the sun or the, or the, or the um or the Earth spinning uh, as it does that, you know, and what, what a day is and what a year is and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and people have, uh, you know, adults still have misconceptions about what that is. So I think, you know... Uh, one of the parts of a science education, I think, is just being being open to the fact that there are uh, a number of ways of looking at things, none of which is perfect. Mm. And, and mm. look, here's one way of looking at it, mm. and you know, I, I may I may strongly agree with that way or, mm. or not, mm. uh, but um, um, it's one way. Mm-hmm. Excellent, and um, yes. I, I, I would like you as my science teacher. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last one you've chosen is uh, for student well-being. A film called Beyond the Mark, and it takes us into entirely different territory, as we said before, to your core subject areas. From what I can see, he is quite ambitious, and um, I think ambitions of great quality if you can use that right. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Stephen crop up as a an off-the-wall entrepreneur or, or a leader somewhere doing something a little bit different for the same token. He could also move into some very traditional uh, fields as well and probably do exceptionally well there too. It's a documentary, so again, it purports to tell us the truth about real life of a student studying and struggling with expectations in his final year of secondary school. So tell me about, um, I guess, what you love about this and, and why you were first drawn to this to, to use in, in, with your students. Right, yeah. So this is uh, the story of um, Stephen, and uh, yes, he's at uh, Selective Entry High School, I think. And uh, you know, just he's a, uh, a Chinese student. He has his parents have high expectations, and I think I, I like uh, that idea um, because it, it 
a lot of our students are in exactly the same uh, position. They have mm. um, aspirational parents mm. with high expectations and and really high, uh, really highly focused on that final mark. Mm. And um, I wanted to use this as a way of thinking. Well, you know what. Life isn't really just about a VCE mark. You know, what is it about? Uh, and we are focused. We're you know, an academic school. We, we, we do focus on on, on, on achievement. Mm. But really, if it's a good place to think about, well, okay, so if you don't get the marks you're after, what does that mean? Mm. Is it the end of the world? Is it a disaster? No, it's not. Um, and, and what is it? What is it that you actually get out of education? And mm, so I mm. think that's what I liked about about this video and the fact mm. that it, it starts um, just opening that discussion up. A bit. Mm, yeah. mm. There, I think there is an identification it's the, with the with the style of um, you know Stephen's plight and that he is driven to to achieve um, great things, um, mm. but wanting to find a bit of time for himself and to mm. develop his own. Um, uh, vision and his own uh, his own identity, mm. and and as you hear from the you know the principal in the story, you know he can see that Stephen will do well um, wherever he goes. You know whether it's in a traditional field or whether he's going to go into become an entrepreneur, mm. and um, I think you know that's a that's a good point actually. You know it's a, a bit of discussion about then um, you know what is it that um, employers are looking for? You know, and it's not more and more it's not about the marks you know it's actually they're looking for people who are, who are problem solvers you know mm. people who have initiative mm. that's what sets sets you aside and mm. you know as more and more kids come through the VCE you know secondary system and, and, and even through the tertiary system mm. it's those extra things that they do or the or the or the extended things they do that you know that are to do with you know co-curricular skills um, people skills mm. um, you know so some business skills you know all of those are really uh, what will define them in the workplace mm. and give them skills that um, that make them employable mm. and, and and just make them broader, you know, mm. more broader in their education. Mm. So I think it's it's a great move. It's a great film mm. um, because it does actually open up that kind of uh, discussion. Mm. And, and have you sort of heard things that maybe you wouldn't have expected from certain students? Because it's not one of those topics that you sort of just come out right today. We're going to talk about this. You know, it actually it does invite that sort of all right, he's talking about it on the screen, so I get permission now to share something that's a bit deeper for me. Have you sort of had comments and feedback, um, you know, that maybe surprised you a little bit or some girls have said actually this or, you know, that? Can you share yeah, it? Yeah, I look. I don't know directly out of that movie. I think it maybe. Yes, I think you're right. I think it has it has opened opened um, the discussion. Maybe not immediately, but over the next you know, little while. Hang on. Now this is obviously we're open to this kind of um, thinking, and so you know I, um, I can't think of an ex a definite quote for you, but the general feeling um, are things like, well, yeah, what what. What are the options? You know, because mm. if you're at a, if you're at a sort of uh, a VCE school, mm. uh, you know, and, and teachers teach VCE, and it's all about VCE, mm. you know, they, they often don't um, even have an idea of what what else is out there. So, like, you know, in Victoria, you know, we have the vet uh, system, a bit of TAFE, there's VCAL as well. There are mm. um, there are there are even many options of getting into university that don't require a VCE, you know, as a, as a mature age. So it opens up that kind of discussion as well, mm. and, you know, developing your own kind of, um, you know, your CV for life, you know, mm. what are the skills mm. that you're building up in the background, which may actually well come to the foreground quicker than you realise, mm. uh, that become, you know, really useful and, um, and you know, things like volunteer work, you know, things like mm. um, just doing doing extra things, coaching, you know, mm. that kind of stuff that, that develop your, your, your skills um, outside the classroom but actually mm. 
ultimately may have may have a lot of value for you um, outside of school. Yeah, yeah. So VCE um, is for our non-Australian listeners. That's the the final two years of our high school. So that's when they're really finishing up. So and I was just keen to pick up on. Um, how do you prepare students before, like, is it just one you blam on at the start of the class or do you ask them any questions or how do you sort of set it up to get the most value out of showing something like this? Because it goes for about 10 minutes, I think. Yeah, that's right. I think I think maybe that was a mistake I did with the year 12s. I just hit them blammo with it mm-hmm. and uh, and that probably left them uh, kind of reeling a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think um, with the... Um, the year nines because we have um, we have a, a because I'm a year nine homeroom teacher and it was part of the like more of the well being um, cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, they are um, they are expecting to have a bit more of a discussion in that mm-hmm. class. It's not a, it's not a subject class, mm-hmm. and so you know we would be talking about you know what are our plans? What are your plans for the next few years? Mm-hmm. Um, where what do you think you'll be doing after school? You know after you finish school, and that would kind of lead to we'll have a look at this guy, and this is a guy who's in year twelve now, so he's a few years ahead of you, mm-hmm. but um, he's he's thinking about where he's going to go, and so um, they're often interested from that point of view because there's a little glimpse of the future, mm-hmm. and and so they go, oh right, now this is this is another another pathway, and in a way, I like to think you know teaching is a bit like that, you know it's, you have you have experiences that the kids don't have, and you mm-hmm. and if any if nothing else, it's just you're opening their eyes to sort of other possibilities mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, if, they, if they want to run with it they can but mm-hmm. um, uh, so you know they get a little glimpse of uh, year 12 um, dilemmas mm-hmm. and 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 uh, yeah, and perhaps prepare themselves a little better for that mm-hmm. um, and you know some of them may and many of them may not have thought about what's after school yet they're, they're mm-hmm. too focused on, on just getting getting to the end getting yeah. back mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Well, you have your work cut out for you and you've given us some some good films. Fantastic selection. I can see why you love these. And this is also why we want to call the podcast films teachers love rather than ones that are just sort of iffy because there's plenty of those out there. <laughs> there was one final question I wanted to ask you and, and hopefully all our guests is, and that's um, how were you first moved by the moving image? <laughs> um, can you t- think back to some of your earliest memories of you know why we we all talk about the short film or video as a you know as an effective tool for teaching and getting across big ideas but just give us a bit of a glimpse of your own experience of that mm gosh yeah it's um when when i go back to early early i i, I tend to think of you know, like kids tv mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and the kind of shows that uh, that i was that i was into um and this is australia but uh, play school you know mm-hmm. uh um the curiosity show actually yeah big impact on me i think um mm-hmm. I, um you know just just showing you little uh, little aspects of science and and uh, and little kind of curiosities and just you know made, made you think mm-hmm. and i just remember these great great shots of you know just factories working mm-hmm. on production lines and going oh wow you know, that's amazing how you can actually build some automated system that you know ends up you know packaging a box of biscuits or whatever it was <laughs> and uh and you know, just just uh, you know, seeing things that you wouldn't see uh, every day, and just being a bit kind of intrigued by them. And I think that's mm. actually that's my philosophy for sort of certainly junior science is you mm. present a lot of stuff that's kind of intriguing, mm. and and then maybe a you wow pick it factor. up. So you, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and in fact, VC you actually do far less um, hands-on stuff than you might like, mm. but at least hopefully you can go. Well, remember back to that you know that that moment, and uh, mm. and and we're going to actually go a little bit deeper into that now. Simon Townsend's Wonder World. Has a similar kind of uh, aspect to it, yeah. 
And actually, uh, there was a um, this is like before you know probably even before DVDs, whatever you know. There was uh, there were kids movie clubs, and you know, there was I remember there was one that ran at the Alexander Theatre, and there was one that was also somewhere down in Paran Commercial Road that um, we'd go off to on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, what did they you know, show? Sit, what were the what was it? Oh, the they, movie they, they, club. They, they, Kids' movies, you know, most mm. often I seem to remember things like, you know, they're often, you know, uh, a young pack of kids who were out to, to, um, to uh, to stop some crime, you know, and they got yeah. the better baddies, and they you know, managed to get them all tied up in the end, and yeah, you know, and it was a great, you know, the police would come and hurrah for the kids, and mm. just uh, more entertainment, I suppose. But yeah. it was just the, the sharing that that experience together with the you know a bunch of other young kids and yeah. uh, no parents around. It was kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny what sticks in your mind, though, isn't it? You know, after all the if you think of all the things that we have seen, you know, in our lifetime, it's kind of. It's amazing that we can actually still remember some of those early films. And that's a nice segue to say that you should join us next episode where we talk to a teacher who helps us create those earlier memories, a teacher and a teacher trainer at the primary school level who has also worked in advisory roles for national children's television production. But that's for next time. I want to thank you for the time that you've spent here today sharing your links and ideas and enthusiasm. And, um, yeah... Thanks very much for for joining the show. Oh, thanks very much for having me. It was great fun. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to the show. Jump onto our Facebook page, Short Films Teachers Love, or tell someone else who's looking for a short film for their teaching.